listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. It's been quite a long time since we've been sitting opposite each other doing this podcast. Absolutely. Isn't it? I can't remember the last time now, Steve. It's it's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy when you don't live anywhere near each other. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Drive down every two weeks to record a podcast isn't as easy, is it, as jumping on Skype? No, 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 no. Oh, no, it's a much better system. I wonder if people don't, because people have listened and not realised that we're not in different They probably don't, no. Locations. No, no. So it's going to be a surprise for people to say, I didn't realise that. Yeah. We're not always in the same location. No, well, we're doing different things and uh, busy, busy, busy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been really busy, so much so that this podcast is going out a little bit late <laughs> on the day we're recording this, uh, 31st of March, 2017. Um, and we've got a lot to get through today. It's been a real busy couple of weeks with lots and lots of questions. Good. That's what I like to hear. Um, so... Should we just dive in? Yeah, do that, Steve. Let's dive in. Um, okay, first one comes from Torne. Hello, Colin and Steve. Uh, on YouTube, there is a video where you do a drawing in black and white using pastel pencils. I wonder, when you say you use white paper, do you mean white pastel paper or just white drawing paper? The picture I am referring to is the one with the church by the sea or a lake. She's thinking mm. the Fordwich one. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have done some uh, scribbling with graphite pencils and find it very relaxing in the evenings when I'm supposed to watch TV. All the best from Tony. Um, yeah, well, this is very apt because I'm right in the middle of a, of a, a new graphite picture. Yeah. So um, it's all coming up. And I'm using, actually, folks, I'm using watercolour paper, smooth watercolour paper. You can use sketching paper, but when but this is graphite I'm doing. Now, if you're using pastel pencil, you've still got to use white paper. You can't use the sand. Well, you can, but you wouldn't. Now, the question was, do I use past, white pastel paper? You could do. No, no, no problem you, if you want to do that. But I don't think it's really necessary. Now, what I did with that is I used um, white and then I put white pencil on. Now, the reason I have to do that, as people know if they've watched it, is that you have to have a, uh, something to work into. Not, raw, white, not the raw white. paper. No, it wouldn't work. It worked with graphite. Of course it would, but it doesn't work with pastel pencils. So that's the reason I do it. So, no, the answer to the question, no, I didn't. When I did that, I didn't use. What did you use? Uh, the watercolour paper. paper. Mm. The 300 gram smooth one. Um, it doesn't really matter because you're not going to wet it. If you're going to wet it, that's different. I mean, if, if you're doing graphite and it's aquarelle and you're going to wet it, then you need a really uh, 300 gram is ideal because it doesn't buckle and bend when you... Mm. But so um, that project. Yeah, but generally speaking, um, if you're, using, you're not using any water... No, you don't really need anything as... Um, after all, the, the pastel paper is only 160 gram. Yeah. And uh, we that does really well with pastel pencils. Okay. So you can use white pastel paper or you can use sketching paper, but it doesn't have to be that thick. No. For that project. Uh, no, I would say the minimum... I would say a minimum of, of 160, but probably 200 grams minimum. It just gives more stability, you know. Mm. I mean, if you get a thin sheet of paper, it's, it's going to go all over the place. 
Okay, and you cover it in a layer of white. If you're doing pastel, yes. If you're doing graphite, no. I cover the whole sheet of paper. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get, you, you've got, as I say, you've got to have something to work into. You've got mm. to have a, a color to work into. Hmm. You could actually, in fairness, um, you could use say, something like 270, uh, which is a light, light gray on the darker uh, colors, if you want to. I think you've just got to experiment. I mean, follow me on my, um, if you like doing the Fordwich and the other ones I've done, then just follow what I do. I explain it all. Okay. But you don't need pastel paper. Good. Brilliant. The next email comes from Bob. Bob had Bob was the one that we were speaking about had the art exhibition. Oh right, yeah. Um, just a day after we did our last podcast, I think. And Bob says, "Well, it happened yesterday, my art exhibition, and I said I would get back to you on the result. I did what Colin said, and yes, it went well. I kept it to a small window, one till four p.m., and sold eight pastel pencils, all at thirty pounds, which all helps towards new materials." I really enjoyed it and definitely will be doing it again in six to nine months. Thanks very much for your tuition and help. Oh, that's all right. And uh, let that be a lesson to everybody. That, uh, give it a go. Don't expect too much, but give it a go. And what, who knows? Yeah. Excellent. Well done, Bob. Well done. Really, ch- really chuffed for you. Um, next email comes from Wendy. Uh, Hi, Stephen Colin. I've just listened to your podcast about challenging yourself and I found it really interesting. After nearly a year of being self-employed, I found that occasionally I wanted a fresh challenge um, other than painting animals. Even though animals are my absolute favourite subject, I wanted to make sure that I didn't get bored of painting them. So I decided to try other subjects in between commissions to challenge myself. Sometimes I was worried that I would lose the ability to paint animals by doing a different subject. But instead, I found that I returned to them, uh, doing them with renewed confidence as I had learned new approaches. I think that by challenging myself, I grew in areas where I wasn't afraid or where I was afraid I would become complacent and didn't try anything new. Keep up the good work. I love listening to the podcasts. They are so inspiring. Well, there you are, folks. You know, Uh, there's a I've been on and on and on about challenging and and doing other subjects. And and that's proof of the pudding in it. And it always works. I do understand people's concern when they've been doing animals and they think, oh, shall I, will I lose the ability? Well, I guarantee folks you won't do that. Hmm. It's got to enhance it. So, uh, yeah, keep, keep, keep going. Uh, Yeah, interesting points there that, um, yeah, lose the ability, but having renewed confidence. And, um, yeah, I think it's it's coming out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and and it's like um, what you're doing is um, it, it, there's a, there's a boredom level, and I understand what Wendy's coming from. If you just keep on doing the same thing, fur here and eyes there, and it, it's it's repetitive. Mm. Whereas if you break completely away, which you would do if you're doing landscape or still life or portrait work, it, it's fresh. It refreshes you. Yeah, and then when you come back again, you come with a renewed vigor. Hmm. You want to do it? I do. I mean, I do it all the time. I move from landscape to portraits to what I'm doing now is a is a, a graphite. I can't wait to get back to the next one, but whether it's going to be an animal or landscape, I don't mind. But I know whatever it is, it's going to be another very interesting and uh, worthwhile project because I'm going to have the passion for it. 
Brilliant. That's good. I like that. The next, we're whizzing, whizzing through these, aren't we? The next one comes from Ellie on the Craftsy uh, project, the Craftsy course that we did. Uh, Ellie says, how do you get rid of all the crumbs that the pastel pencil is leaving on the paper? That's the first time I've heard that. Crumbs. I like that word. I, like I that. do as well. I like yeah. that terminology, crumbs. Yeah, yeah. What do you do with all the crumbs? Well, all the crumbs, um, most of the time, it, they, just, they disappear into the pastel, especially if you're using the, the paper. paper. In the paper, yeah. Uh, if you're using the colour shaper, because that pushes them in. Uh, but any that's left can just be blown away and... Uh, People worry about that. They think, oh, they're going to have clouds of dust all over. But it doesn't work that way. I mean, Steve's actually, we're here in my studio at the moment. Now, I haven't dusted this place. Look, Steve. I it's, mean, it's clean. It looks clean. Exactly. There's no, no colour no. anywhere. The, no. the the material you draw on no. is clean. And you blow the dust all over the show, must Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't, there's not a lot goes out, I must admit. The only time, I suppose, when it does is when you're doing a, doing a, a background because you do tend to over-apply there, yeah. deliberately over-apply. But generally when I'm working, no, I don't get a lot of dust at all. And, uh, do you think beginners that are starting out generate more dust because they're using the pa- more pastel? Uh, it's possible. That's possible, Steve, yeah. yeah. You minimise what you use um, when you know what you're doing. And, uh, but even then, I honestly, I mean, I had classes here, as you know, and I had 14 people scribbling away for three hours and uh, you never saw any dust anywhere. Mm. I mean, there probably was some, but I never really saw it. I put packed the tables away and got them out the next day. I didn't dust them. I, I mean, I've never had any problems, and I've, I've had asthma you know, all my life. And you've been drawing around me all, all my life, and I've That's never right. had any problems. No, no. The, the, so I think that answers the question for Ellie. Don't worry about it. Just just forget about it. You can use that. Use those crumbs often, can't you? Oh, Especially yeah. For, Bigger, yeah. bigger areas, you can use yeah. the crumbs, use all the excess. The pastel. more you see, Ellie, if you visit my YouTube, or even better, become a member, you'll see the all the projects that I do, you'll see that it's very rarely that you actually see the dust being blown away. Very often you, I go, and a little bit disappears. But generally speaking, it goes back into the uh, pastel, either pushed in by the pastel pencil or the colour shaper. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I think that answers the question. Uh, the next email come from Margaret. Oh my goodness, I'm blown uh, blown away by what Colin has done with the Medway Queen. It's absolutely amazing. I just love the visual- visualisation depicting the Dunkirk landings in the sky. My husband loves it too, and when I'm ready for it, I will do it for him. It's so apt at the moment, because recently they have been talking about the restoration of the Medway Queen, which Frank says symbolises the many ordinary boats that aided the transport for Dunkirk. It's not often I can think of something nice to do for my husband, but this ticks all the boxes. He's 10 years older than me, so even though quite small, uh, even though quite small, lived through the wars. So he Great. lived through the wars. and Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I mean, that's a, a lovely picture. It's just, I mean, we've spoken about it on previous podcasts, but the Medway Queen is something different to what you normally do. You've, mm. kind, of con- mm. you've kind of made that up rather than... You know, you kind yes. of yes, you've did. used a bit of imagination, yeah. impressionism, abstract, yeah. slightly. Yeah, yeah. I, I came. I, I mean, I've got to give credit to. Uh, um, I don't know the artist, but I did actually find that uh, depiction. Uh, I can't even remember where it was now. Somewhere, 
And what with the a Dunkirk with the little soldiers and, and coming in, yeah. Um, the only difference was I kind of changed quite a lot of that. I put all the bombs in, which weren't there, mm. and the planes in, which weren't there. Mm. Um, so there was a lot I actually added to it, and I changed quite a lot of it. So although I, I got the idea from somewhere else, I actually changed quite a lot of that. But the Medway Queen, yes, that was all. Um, that was all. Well, it wasn't made up. I, I had a picture of the Medway Queen. Yeah, when it was, it came into Ramsgate. Just just prior to that, me doing that picture, it came into Ramsgate, and uh, I was on it. I went on it. It was great. Uh, so we, I got the pictures from our local paper mm. and uh, adapted that from there. It's um, it's different to what you normally do because you i mean your landscapes capture a moment in time you mm, know or like mm. a depiction of that but that rather than a moment in time that was like had something deeper yes, attached it to yeah, it it did yeah and i think that's why it's so you know and it's affected margaret cause she really has yeah. felt touched by it and it's touched a lot of people do you think you'd do more like that uh, if they were interesting enough I might to you. do. I might do, Steve. I never know, really. I mean, I said to you a couple of weeks ago, I fancy doing another um, graphite. Mm. What shall I do? Shall I do this? And you said, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. So I've ended up now uh, halfway through it. I never know. And uh, But two weeks ago, I didn't know I was going to do it. Mm. You never really know. It's like the, uh, the other picture that Alan sent us recently, um, which I've just completed. Uh, I didn't know I was going to do that. Um, uh, three weeks ago and you said Alan's got this lovely picture what do you think of it Colin I said oh it's lovely I'm going to do that mm. I've done it so it, they, they find they, you they find me yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. you don't go hunting for them necessarily no, no, but no. they if they find you then that's that's good that's right um, because that's uh, aquarelle graphite and that's why I think it's also interesting it, it has a bit more of a striking effect on people because it it's graphite that's right because it's i like black and black white, and white. Well, we've got to, another reference there earlier on where the the ford witch was uh although yeah. that, was, that wasn't graphite that was pastel pencil but it was still black Gray and white tone. i think yeah so i think people do like i do i love i love all the, the old black and white films i love them i can't get enough of them so it, it's just um there's something about black and white is contrast, you see. Mm. That's what's nice. And what I like about it, and from a teaching point of view, it teaches people tonal values mm. better than colour does. Yeah. So there's I should be doing learn. more. There's a lot to learn from doing those projects. Excellent. Thanks, Margaret. Uh, the next one is from Brian. Hello, I just got my colour shapers that I ordered and they are great. I live in Canada and I can't get the Fabriano Angre pastel paper that Colin uses. I'm using Miton pastel paper and I notice I don't seem to be able to get the same amount of pastel on the paper as Colin does in his demos. When he lays down the white uh, to start the sky, he gets such a rich amount of pastel, whereas mine seems to lack the intensity. Am I using the right paper? And if not, could you suggest one? Thanks, Brian. Well, the Angre paper, straight away, is what we use. It's the one that we sell in our uh, art store, and that's the one I definitely recommend. Um, Meton, Cancel Meton is a very popular paper. Have you used it? Have you seen it? I've tried it, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the little pimples on it. I mean, people say about the Angre, they don't like the uh, horizontal tooth. Um, But that's never bothered me, and I use it, in fact, especially in landscape work. But the, the meat on paper is little bubbles, little pimples all over it. Mm. Um, it's more designed for soft pastel, 
than it is pastel pencil, to be fair. So I would say that uh, come off of that. And the other thing, of course, I don't know what colour. He never mentioned the colour. And the colour could have an influence on the white. If you, okay, the, yeah. the sand colour we use is perfect. But if you had, uh, say, a, a slightly darker colour than that, that would weaken the white. So the white wouldn't come up the same. Mm. So I would suggest, if you can, get hold of that. Mm. We sell it all over the world now, so they and, can get it from us. And I think there's a technique that I've seen you do so many times with the sky and laying it as solid base is that you use your finger yeah. to push it in yep. and then you do another layer. Yep. That's and right. that gets you a solid white. It doesn't yep. necessarily just one layer no. that's not bright. Okay, you can push it in. That's right. Well, uh, generally speaking, the reason I do that, especially in Sky, Steve, is because um, you don't want to. If you if if you try to do it in one layer, you're likely to press hard with your pencil, and that can crush the paper. Yeah. So by doing it two lighter coats, you're still getting the same effect, but you're not so, quite so likely to. Um, You're filling the paper paper. without crushing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Brian, hope that helps. We are whizzing through these, I've got to say. Maybe it's because we're in person. (laughs) We're just going quick fire. Um, This one's from Jill. Hi, Stephen. Has Colin done a piece anywhere on how to double mount the paintings yourself as opposed to buying a double mount, i.e. what sizes of mount to put together, etc.? Uh, also, I've been wondering whether double mounting them might mean that the pastel will gradually drop onto the ledge of the double mount over time, where a single mounting is pressed into place. I would love to know more on this. Thanks, Jill. OK, uh, well, first of all, I, I probably won't ever do that. Um, it, it's just slightly out of my area. Framers, professional framers uh, know what they're doing. And if you if you decide to do it as an amateur, you come to get all sorts of problems. You've got to get you've got to get the right equipment, and that can be quite expensive. The actual mount cutters themselves are expensive, and uh, so I, I probably would not want people to go down that road. You can buy ready-made mounts. The ideal thing to do is to go in, buy a ready-made mount, and then get do a picture to fit it. But is that a normal mount, single mount? No, you can get double mounts. You can can get double. double You can buy double mounts. Yeah, you just got to search around for them, but you can get them, and uh, or you can go into uh, your art shop and they'll give you a double mount of the size that you want. But you know, all this is um, okay. But I wouldn't go down that road. I would try, if you can, to either um, get a, a, a professional framer to do it, buy a buy a frame that's already got a double mount on it or buy a double mount go down that road mm. if you want to do it yourself you can mm. but it's i won't be uh, showing it i don't think not ever mm. on the and the other thing is the, the concern about the drop drop now i've never had a pencil pastel pencil picture of mine uh, loosen any pastel mm. it can happen with soft pastel though really yeah that's the, because it doesn't go into the paper as much. It's sort of lying on the surface. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen it, and uh, it doesn't look good when you get drop like that. You know, drop on it's on on the bottom. You yeah, the bottom ledge. Bits of pastel. So but pastel pencils. No, it won't. If you do it the way we do it, which is pushing it into the paper, it adheres to the paper brilliantly. Hmm. So no, I've never had a problem with that. Okay. 
So, but then again, I think maybe if you're using a lot of soft pastel, then you would perhaps fix the picture. Uh, well, yes, it, it, it's it, all I, the choice. I know it's out of our, our area of expertise, but I just just popped into my head the yeah, idea. Yeah, you that, could do that. Yeah, because it wouldn't a dull as much as no. Pastel. That's, that's quite right. It wouldn't. No, no, no. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Jill. Next one, on to watercolour. This comes from Patrick. Where can I find out which watercolour paints are used in a painting course? So he's referring to the watercolour courses on right. our yeah. on our member site. Um, you explain a bit about the set that you use or the colours yeah, that you have? It's, it's Winter and Newton. It's the student quality one I've got. And the reason I got that is because you can get quite a lot of colours for a very reasonable price. If you go down the artist quality route which I suppose if you were a real professional artist, you would go down that route. But it's very expensive. And, you know, if you, if you don't keep it up or it doesn't work, you would spend a lot of money. Are these pan, the pans, aren't they, that They're you have? They're pans I like, yeah. Is it, is it just general colours that come with that? that you... Oh, well, you've got a lot of colours. I think, I don't know what, how many colours there are. I can't remember now. There's a lot of colours, though, in, in, a, in, a, in a set. Mm. And that's and, enough to do the, oh, the courses, yeah. or that's what you use? Well, you mix, you see, you mix. With, with um, watercolour, you don't need so many colours. Generally speaking, I don't use any more than a dozen colours ever. Yeah. Uh, and I mix them up, so I, I can, you know, blue and yellow and turn into green, and this sort of thing. You can do that. So you don't need so many. It's not like pastel pencils where you do need a lot of pastel pencils to yeah. create the same effects. What about uh, sometimes you use the tubes? Yeah. You have a couple of tubes, like you have white and a yellow. You've used yellow. That's right. And um, I've used sepia as well. And uh, no, no, usually those, those are the three that I would as, use. As tubes to yeah. supplement your set. You've got to be careful with those because they dry up there. Uh, if you don't use them, they just dry up and then you throw them away. Whereas the pans don't, they're, dry, they're already dry. Mm. So you just re-agitate them. Mm. But it's in, the, in a tube, you can't do that. Mm. So just moving on, Patrick's in another query and that it kind of moves us on nicely because this is sort of to do with that. Um, I've looked at your site and I wonder if there's an area where Colin takes the student through the basics of watercolour painting um, his his way. I've been painting off and on for some years, but I see where he paints differently than how I was taught. His use of base colours comes to mind, which is new to me, and leaves me unsure about what the proper approach is. Thanks, Patrick. Well, all of my all of my watercolour videos, they do have, um, you know, a beginner's couple of them have quite an extensive uh, uh, watercolour list of what ingredients I use and not ingredients... You know what I mean? Yeah, what tools materials, and materials. Yeah. Uh, that I use and the tools I use and the brushes I use and so on. Um, so, no, I don't think there's any need for uh, to me to go any further than that. If, if you buy the paints, you do what I did. When I first started, I bought the paints, I bought some brushes and I had a go at it and experimented. It, what do you find when people have been taught one way with watercolour and they see your way? It's up to them. They can carry on doing what they do or they can do it my way. You see, I've never pretended that I am a great watercolour artist. I'm, I've never pretended that. In fact, when I first started, if uh, is the blog gone out yet? Because there is a blog going out. If it's not... It, it's going I out soon. I think it soon. probably is out. Oh, we're right. Uh, and I explained to people that, uh, you know, yeah, I just picked up, the, the, uh, picked it up as I went along. 
And I like doing that. It's pastel pencils. No one taught me pastel pencils. I picked it up as you go along. But what's the difference between how do you think people are taught and your approach? The difference is you've got uh, restrictions. When, when you're being taught how to do watercolour, you're taught by an artist or a teacher and you do it their way and they say, now you've got to do it this way. This is your perimeter. When you teach yourself, you haven't got any. So therefore you're able to move on a much wider range of um, your own techniques. Like, like, for instance, I tell you what, a, a, I tell you what the professional artist would not do. He wouldn't squeeze uh, raw colour on and put it raw onto um, the um, watercolour. He wouldn't do that. You can't do that. What, like acrylic oil kind of? Well, solid that's the same colour. idea. Yeah, solid yeah. colour. But I did, and it worked. And people bought the pictures. So who? Who's to say I'm right or I'm wrong? So it's diff- So what people might find, you know, if they've done watercolour before and then they look up your sign and go, oh, that looks great, interesting, different, and they try yeah. it, it might be quite difficult to be like, oh, I've got to unlearn what the rules that I've been shown and then kind of throw the rule book out the window to see your approach. Most of the people that come, though, Stephen, are people who are starting out. Yeah. That video we've got um which is 111,000 views now yeah is it's a watercolor one and it's simple it's easy and people have done it i've just recently had somebody send me uh, what they've done first yeah. time amazing job it as worked. well you can't argue with that steve yeah okay excellent thanks patrick so the next one another one from craftsy uh, from carol Hi, Colin. I noticed that many of the pencil you use have a decent sharp point, which I'm having difficulty achieving with the same, uh, the same with a razor blade, craft knife, craft knife, or handheld pencil sharpener. I'm curious as to whether you have ever used sandpaper to sharpen the point of a pastel pencil. Well, well the answer to that no, I haven't. But um, many of my students used to do that. Use sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. Push, rub the pencil, rub the pencil on the absolutely. sandpaper. So it's whatever. However you get your sharp point, it doesn't matter. But I don't need it because I've... You've I've mastered got, that technique. Yeah. I it know, is a technique to doing it as well. There is. The other thing about that is, so um, when you use the blade, when you use a blade, you can hone the pencil to what you want it. Sometimes I don't want a very long, sharp point. I want a stubby point because I'm going to use a bit of pressure. If you get a long, sharp point, like can come out of a, for instance, a... Uh, Electric pencil sharpener, you've got a long point. Mm. Lovely and sharp, great for just those little tiny details. But you try to put some pressure on it and ping. Yeah, it pings off. That's right. So the blade is more, it's, it works for me. And uh, I can, again, I can only tell people what I use, Steve. Yeah. I've seen also that you can get a handheld electric sander. You yes. see, you know, with the little th- round thing on the end that whizzes around. Yeah. Um, you can use that. I've seen videos online. One of our students has a video online it, where they show how to use yeah. that sanding device. Give it a go. It, it, whatever, whatever. I mean, we have, we have thousands of students now and they've all got probably their different ideas yeah. and, uh, about how they sharpen their pencils and, and they all work. We know they work because we see the results. Yeah. So whatever whatever works for you, but the craft knife um, is okay, and the scalpers are okay. But the best ones are the Stanley knives 
or the razor blades, mm-hmm. single-edge razor blades. Yeah. They are the best. Cool. Excellent. Thanks, Carol. I hope that's uh, helpful. And the last one from another one from Jill. Uh, Dear Colin and Stephen, although I get a pretty good finished result with the shapers, I find that unless I am as light as a feather with them, they can mud the colours. I'm wondering if I'm using the wrong ones for the wrong thing, as I notice you don't have that problem at all in your videos. As soon as you use the shapers, it transforms the painting and all the colours you have applied gently blend into place. I'm using the cream ones, which are quite bendy and haven't got any of the grey ones. Would love to know what I'm doing wrong and also when you use the cream and when you use the grey blenders. Right, well, what you're doing wrong, you haven't got the grey blenders, so what you're doing wrong. <laughs> Very simple. Answer, answer you, question. If you look at mine, I, I use the grey. Generally speaking, I can give you some kind of help here. If you use the darker colours, generally speaking, you would use the stronger, that's the grey, uh, colour shapers generally. Oh, okay. It's not a, it's not a set in stone. Uh, when you use the lighter colours, then generally speaking, you use the. Oh, uh, okay. But that, as I said, not always. No, no. I I can say that now, and then when you look at the next video, you think he told me you did that, and he didn't do it. <laughs> I tell you what, it's just a matter of touch. Jill hit it, hit the nail on the head. It's how how you want it to appear. Obviously, if you go hammer and tongs, you're going to move it all together. And I do many, many times when I'm doing uh, a picture, I say, look, don't put pressure here. Just just blend it together. And only do it once or twice at the most. Don't keep doing it. Otherwise, everything... Muds. Muds, yeah. So it's a, a slight technique adjustment as well, being having a light touch and not overdoing mm. it. But then also using the the grey ones because I think the we did well we did an article where you gave you know you wrote some um, explanations behind the ivory and the grey and the ivory gives a softer blend. That's it right. literally is because it's more bendy. It gives more right. of a soft uh, blend where um, which is ideal for things like skin tones or where you want soft yes. textures. Generally, I would do. That's a good good point you mentioned. If you was doing a portrait, I'd probably almost certainly especially if on the skin, I would use the uh, ivories. And then for something that you don't want to blend, blend over blend, something that's a bit, uh, a more of a general blend that doesn't give you too much of a softer look, yeah. you use the grey. But I, know, I tell you another reason. If I'm doing grasses, I've just done recently an, uh, a picture where I put grass in. I wanted this to be blended. I didn't want it to be solid, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted it to be blended in. I didn't want to be, in other words, get rid of the detail yeah and the gray color shape will work brilliantly for that so it it's just depends on what you've got mm. and what works for you or try one if it doesn't work try the other so have have all of them really yeah you need the four i don't think you need any more than four we've talked about it or five if you take the big one into account mm. um i don't think we need any more uh i think the four that i've got at the moment on pastel pencils anyway work really well mm. Great. Excellent. Well, we've got through all those questions a lot quicker than I thought. We had, oh, see see how many we had? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you say, it's because we, you and I are here together. You know, we don't have to... We can speed uh, through, can't we? Yes. And, right. and the fact that I'm very aware that this episode is meant to be already uploaded. <laughs> um, 
but I'm sure people will. Well, you've got me. hundreds of people around the around the world now. I think where's that flaming podcast? What have they done this week? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, you're usually pretty good with it. I was listening to a podcast last night, and I was thinking people tell us that they listen to us when they go to sleep, don't they? They yeah. put us on, and I found that so surreal because I'm listening to a podcast at night. And, and you went to sleep. And I was going to sleep. <laughs> and I thought, how do people listen to us and go to sleep? Uh, crazy, crazy. Um, anyway, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another one. Won't be in person because I don't plan on no, being no, down. No, there's a once, in a once in a blue moon this is, isn't it? Um, but we'll be back next week with the feedback show. Got, got lots of submissions for that already. Um, so well, you'll be on hand to give advice to yes. everyone. And we've just uploaded, I haven't publicised it because I haven't had a chance, but it's uploaded, is the Zebra Project. That is, I was, I've just been looking at that, Steve. That, it was a while ago I did that and uh, it brought it all back to me. That's a lovely project. Mm. And uh, I put it down the intermediate and I'm down wondering whether I should have put that in the beginner. Although I think intermediate maybe is the right one because there was black and white there and they can be a bit of a devil. But it's a lovely picture, that. Mm. Very, very simplistic. Yeah, it's quite a quick but, one, that. Yeah, I, I noticed that. But it's but do have a go at it. it it'll, it's the black and white idea. And it's mm. so striking. It's yeah. beautifying all too. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So that's up for animal members and all-in members. Um, but you can enrol in that separately if you want. On our courses page for six ninety nine. you can get that course. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. Let us know what you think. Um, keep your questions coming in as always and we'll speak to everyone next week on our feedback show okay look forward to it great thanks everyone for listening i'm stephen bradley and i'm colin bradley enjoy Enjoy your week you've been listening to colin bradley artcast learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home for free courses and more information visit colinbradleyart.co.uk (laughs) Oh, <laughs>